When I was a kid, I used to wonder about Massasoit, and one of the things I wondered was, why would he welcome the English? Why would he be so kind to them? Because everybody said that, you know, he was such a humanitarian, that he felt sorry for the pilgrims, so they gave him corn and all this stuff, you know. That's a big, self-serving American myth. It's just justifying the, their the presence here, legitimizing the taking over of territory by saying the natives welcomed them. The native people that made alliance with Plymouth Colony, Massasoit's people, Pokanawket of the Wampanoag Nation, they made it basically because why would they want to have two enemies? The Narragansetts, whom they could probably consider to be their biggest threat, or these gnat-like English people that kept coming around the country, but they never seemed to stay before. Now all of a sudden they got a group of them that's building houses that have brought their families, women, first time English women have been in New England. Native logic would say, well, you don't bring your women where you're going to make war. So let's make peace with these people, use them as allies. They got their strange weapons. If we make peace with them first before anybody else does, then we'll have them on our side and we won't have to face their guns. To me, that's the logic of it. What did you expect, a turkey card? Yeah, I mean, but, you know, everybody is free to do whatever they want to do. <laughs> the family is family's not getting along. Are we? The, are we uh, good, Dave? Thanksgiving or? dinner table. I was waiting for uh, for a go. Oh yeah, we did a test. I, a, a I know, but I thought you were fixing something after that. Yeah, I'm fixing the fucking turkey, bro. I got the <laughs> stuffing here. I got mashed potatoes <laughs> for that ass. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hey, guys, how's it going? Happy Thanksgiving. Great. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm so full. We have been lounging around. I don't think anyone has moved since yesterday, have we? I uh, just laying here. Nap city. Dave did up that turkey like I could not believe, and we uh, had our own, all of our families canceled all of our Thanksgivings. So mm-hmm. speak all evil. We've all been tested, of course. And we did our own Thanksgiving. And we've just been, lou- ever since, we've been lounging around the speak all evil house. I think the trip to fan has kicked in mm-hmm. a few times. And uh, just getting into that old Thanksgiving vibe. Uh, people are maybe getting uh, well, a little tense. I just want to interrupt. Go uh, ahead. You've been interrupting I, me I don't wanna... since uh, yesterday. So. It, uh, well, I just didn't want anyone to get the wrong idea that uh, the turkey did test positive for COVID. I, that's why I got it on sale. <laughs> so we're tested, but we haven't tested ourselves since we ate the turkey that I got in the, the bargain bin. That's why I'm vegetarian. Yeah. You, uh, you, do you tell always Frickie? do this on the, on the holidays. I don't know. You know things can get... <laughs> tents around the house during the holidays it's um there's a, there's a lot going on it's not the most fun time of year for everyone um thankfully we we've kicked all the uh all the relatives out all the podcast relatives have gone home finally and it's just us i don't even want to think about those dishes 
Let's be honest, uh, I'll end up doing them. Oh, come on now. Come uh, on. We have been watching some Thanksgiving uh, fair, though. Some Thanksgiving film fair. Uh, Dave and Kevin have curated the holiday for us, and they just put us through the ringer on a couple of their favorite movies that they're most thankful for. I don't know who wants to to start. I thought maybe we could maybe we could talk about Pilgrim first. Kevin, I don't know if you're ready to do anything. You're still tired, or what might be going on? Trip to fan. Hold on, I have to. You're still my notes. tired, Dave. So, Dave, <laughs> you uh, also picked the movie, folks. Folks, no, you gotta I'm, bear I'm with us here. Go. It's, I am it's good the to holidays. go. It's I'm the good holidays. to go. I I think uh, I think there's a lot, lot more to chew Guys. on in our bone tomahawk, if you know what I mean. Nice. All right, look. Here's my pick. I went for straight Thanksgiving. Not a lot of Thanksgiving horror movies out there that are good. And I went to Hulu for the Into the Dark series. If you're not familiar, Hulu did a couple seasons of Into the Dark where they would put out a feature-length horror movie every month that correlated to some holiday within that month. This was a Blumhouse thing with Hulu. I know some of us on the show aren't the biggest fans of some of Blumhouse's work. But in 2019, for the month of November, they dropped a movie directed by Marcus Dunstan called Pilgrim. So Marcus Dunstan brought us The Collector, The Collection. He was a writer on several Saw films, as well as the Project Greenlight movie Feast. I don't know if you guys ever watched that show on HBO. But it's a, a, uh, a, modern, a modern family, very well-to-do, very technologically dependent and addicted. And the mom decides that she is going to hire a troupe of quote-unquote actors to come and turn their home into a faithful recreation of the first Thanksgiving. So in this suburban glorious mansion, these actors show up and they do not break character. And immediately the daughter is really skeptical of them. And you can imagine that uh, it's not headed in a good direction. Kat, did you like Pilgrim? Uh, I liked this movie uh, a bit. I thought it was a nice little short and sweet. Once I found out it was like part of that, you know, Blumhouse thing, it kind of makes sense that it was like on the shorter side and like little, uh, little things. But I thought it started out very serious. Like I was going to be stressed out the entire time, but then I took a nice little campy turn, which I'm always a fan of. It's like your family who gives you shit for not appreciating them and what you have have turned murderous, which I like because I'd rather just get murdered by my family than have them talk to me about anything. Uh, it's kind of like your mom who thinks you don't appreciate her enough just kind of like cooks you for dinner. And I was kind of into that. Uh, I like how you don't find out why this group of people is like this. Like there's obviously like a culty thing happening there but you don't really find out the backstory like you assume that the weird guy ethan who's you know he was kind of a babe i'm not gonna lie i liked his little like shaggy beard situation his little pilgrim shoes um he's a creep. He, yeah he was a nice little sexy creep he's really kind of the owen it. wilson he was like the owen wilson pilgrim <laughs> reenactors i could <laughs> see call. that i could see that would anyone be the luke wilson there any brother brother action in there no? The cool. huge pilgrim. <laughs> yeah, huge. Um, I think there's like this this air of like crisp like creepy mystery going on. 
the end was just fucking great. That was like the old, I feel like that was exactly what I wanted in the end of the movie. I don't, I wasn't expecting it. I guess I just wasn't expecting like a, an ending that boded well for the original family, but they got, you know, they got some stuff out of it. So that was nice. Um, just a bunch of blood vomit. I'm always a fan of blood vomit. So I would say, I'd say I'd give it a good uh, seven out of 10. Wow. I like blood vomit as well. Straight up blood vomit. You know, you can't go wrong. Um, I like Pilgrim. I mean, I I took it for what it was. There was a, a lot of Thanksgiving-themed horror movies. There's some that are set at, in Thanksgiving. But uh, Pilgrim was great for what I was looking for. Uh, it's the second In the Dark series that I've... Uh, part of the In the Dark series that I've seen. Uh, the other one was I'm Just Fucking With You, Dude. And they're both... Like, they play with this social cues. It's like you give someone an inch, they'll take a mile until you're suddenly in danger and your whole family's in danger. <laughs> so, you know, I like I like that, uh, like, snarky style that Bumhouse is putting out on this stuff. Um, but, yeah, I like Pilgrim. I, thought, I actually thought it was very Dario Argento. It reminded me of opera, the way the camera was constantly moving. Always at some disorienting angle. I thought at the end of the movie it was going to be like, oh, she woke up and it was all a dream. She passed out from Turkey, tryptophan. I thought for sure that that's what it was going to be, because it was very disorienting the whole time. Like all the lenses made you look like, like feel like you were kind of drunk or something. I don't know. I thought that was strange. It was how it was stylized. That's funny to me. I I, I was worried, Dave, that you were going to come back and be like, ah, oh, it's just another one of those, you know, music video horror movies. It was. <laughs> you haven't got to my turn yet. <laughs> it was. I mean, I, I did say there's slim pickings for Thanksgiving. I started Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving is bad. I'm sad that um, the Eli Roth uh, yes. trailer, he has a trailer that uh, is just a spoof, one-off trailer thing. It's not even a real movie, but it's called Thanksgiving, and it looks great. It looks like an old slasher. Yeah, that was in the Grindhouse. That was one of the trailers that uh, Tarantino and Rodriguez threw in the Grindhouse movie. And right, everybody's right, right. always been clamoring for that to be made into a full, full-length feature. Uh, I thought Pilgrim was fine. Uh, I had seen this before. This is the only episode of Into the Dark that I've seen. Um, and it, it seems very much like a episode of a TV show. It definitely has, to me, like a made-for-TV kind of feel it's a little hard to to fully invest in because the setup is is so bizarre um my main question first off is that it says that it's based on true events i mean is that like a joke or what do we know something about that kevin because i looked briefly and i couldn't find anything about that it's yeah it's so one of oh, the oh, based writers. on true events like based on thanksgiving yeah, no, yeah, right. No, uh, <laughs> no uh, one of the writers, so, Noah yeah. Feinberg, if, if you want to know, I can tell you. It's yeah, yeah, one of the yeah, writers, yeah, Noah Feinberg, who is the original story writer and a Blumhouse employee. Apparently when he was younger, his mom was like the PTA president, and she decided that they needed to do a pilgrim fair and bring in actors that would stay in character for pilgrims. And for some reason, his mother let the lead actor who Ethan is based off of in this movie, lived with them for two days, and the guy literally never broke character, and it scared the shit out of this kid. Wow. 
That sounds more interesting than the movie. He should have just made he should have just made a movie about that and not uh, something different Pil- than that. Pilgrim are pushy. That's what I get. Pushy. They're just like entitled. They're just pushy and they just like work their way. And I kind of yeah. wish there was more of that in Pilgrim. Like he was obsessed with this gratitude that they give their thankfulness for what they have. Mm. Uh, but I wish it was more uh, like. Uh, he's just being annoying and like, oh, that's that's your plate. Oh, that's actually mine. Yes. Yeah, like that's what pilgrims do. They're like, oh, that's that's my ball. But my mom bought me one just like yours, and I stole it. Um, were the pilgrims Irish? Because this pilgrim it's seems Spanish, to, right? This one seems Irish to me. He's always talking yeah, about the gratitude, the gratitude, the The accent was a little. Uh, I would say it. it it's a very Irish. A it's a very Irish yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Maybe that's why I liked him so much. My Irish roots, you know. There's a lot of old timey talk in this beyond the Irish accent. Kind of, I thought went well with uh, as a as a Thanksgiving meal pairing with Bone Tomahawk, which we're going to talk about later, yes, but they both they, have a lot of, a lot of so old-timey, old-timey. Could you direct me to the chamber, pot, madam? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> His buckle hat. Yeah, I like the uh, the girl uh, that is in uh, Ready or Not, uh, the sister from Ready or Not, is uh, his wife in Pilgrim. And I thought she did an amazing job. She was such yes. a badass. Yeah, Courtney Hengler. Was Anna? She only plays a badass in every mm-hmm. every role I've ever seen her in. Yeah, and, and stoic, ready or not, so good. Resting, bitch face that is gonna fuck you up. Yeah, I don't know. Over my dead body, would I let anyone stay in my house for any reason? Like even when my old roommate would be like, "Oh, my friend's in town. She's gonna stay with us on the couch." I'm like, "What do you mean? No, like get them out of here. I don't want anyone infiltrating my space whatsoever." So I think it was like that, that weird like politeness where she's like, "Oh." Oh yeah, of course. Like, please come stay with us. But no, don't be polite. Kick that weird pilgrim out. What is going on? The whole thing is, is the two main pilgrims, Ethan and Anna, show up like what a couple days early, while the the mom, who we we should point out, Kerr Smith plays Shane, who is the dad. He's very well off, and then you have. Uh, Elise Levesque, actually, who is what you were talking about, Dave, uh, plays Patience. Um, and Anna is the, is the wife. But Anna is the stepmother of Shane's first daughter, Cody, who's played by Rain Edwards, who was just in the horror flick Hellfest. And Anna, the mom, is, is show, having this huge party, showing off to all the local other moms. And Ethan and Patience just show up early and come in the house and the mom has no questions at all and is literally like yeah you can absolutely just start staying with us like ahead of time that this isn't weird at all and cody wisely is like well mom this is fucking weird and these people shouldn't be in our house and also cody's the first one to be like they're literally not breaking character and it's freaking me out i like how quickly they're raising structures so like building like a shed and building like some weird teepee oh structure and let's talk about that devices. shed though it was a beautiful shed i would love to it stay in good. that it was nice like a nice matte black with like a little lantern i was a big fan i was just going to say uh just as a tip uh thanksgiving holiday tip um the wishbone from the turkey you have to take that out and you have to let it dry for a while you can't just yeah. do the wishbone 
right fresh out of the bird. So that just, yeah, don't try to do that. If you're watching this movie, don't try to do what's in the movie because it, it doesn't really work like that. Yeah, I would say don't do a lot of what happens in this movie, personally, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I like the movie, and I definitely, you mentioned Cat, like the final act is, is pretty bonkers. There's lots of nods to several horror movies in the final act, particularly the Texas Chainsaw Massacre dinner scene mm. but you have to you have to totally throw a lot of shit out the window to enjoy this movie like for one it's set in modern day and like nobody can ever call for help or get away like they really stretch out how difficult it would be and mm-hmm. particularly one scene where i think i fucked up before dave and the, and the actress that you were talking about i called uh courtney Heng- hengler and anna is elise levesque so Anna, the mom slash stepmom, just offers up patience to go to to Cody's boyfriend's house, and this mom is like, "Yeah, sure." So now you have two two families in 2019 that are like, "Yeah, we'll both let weird people into our house." Well, at one point, Cody goes over to to her boyfriend's house and finds some gnarly shit, and doesn't immediately call the police. Doesn't run to a neighbor. She runs home. I mean, I appreciate that they're like, "Oh, let me." We have to take everyone's cell phones, blah, blah, blah. But, th- but then Cody doesn't even give up her cell phone. So she has it. Why isn't she calling anyone for help? I don't know. Yeah, you, you have to check any kind of realism at the door. This isn't something that, you know, you, you have to just, it's like uh, creep show feel. You can't even try to, like, make sense of things or, like, talk about like characters motivations and things like that it's just it's just all kind of out the window i did appreciate that they did um even though as as unrealistic as some of the things are they do have text messages in this movie which is something that i think a lot of movies need to use text message more because everybody is always texting and looking at their phone even if they're not texting they're you know checking their instagram and scrolling this and that and and the other but in movies, like, all of a sudden, nobody is on their phone all day. Like, how, it doesn't really make sense. So I did appreciate that this movie, at least for one sequence, they do include the very obvious fact that these people would be looking at their phones at some point during this ordeal. So I think that um, if I were to make a movie, and when I do make a movie, uh, in my movie, there will be a lot more of that. You'll actually see the people doing what people do, which is, like, they look at their phones a lot. Uh, I, I would make more dramatic use of that. So I, I I will give points for that. On that note, I got an Apple Watch for my birthday. So <laughs> show that off. I'm never going to be off When's your my birthday? Phone now. Uh, my birthday was Tuesday, Monday, the 16th. Wow. I don't remember what day it was. Does it have... You does all it have, missed uh, it. Yeah, you... No, I didn't miss it. I caught it. Those guys missed you, it. I missed it. Thank you. Yeah, does, that, does your watch have GarageBand on it, do you know? Yep. Oh. Hello. Hello, Garage <laughs> Band. Cat's Activate. almost 30, guys. She is 30. 29 is 30. I'm just going to... Oh, I'll take it out if you, you don't want me to say your age. How dare but you? You're 30. I am not 30, 30. yet. I you're have 30. 360 days time in my 30s. So, suck it, death. I keep forgetting how old I am. <laughs> Lick it, girl. Lick I have to like it, girl. Anyway, uh, I'd like well, to know what Pilgrim. 
Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's a, it's a fun movie if you want to watch a thanks straight-up Thanksgiving movie just to be campy on Thanksgiving. I'm curious which college Cody goes to. They said it's 65000 a year. And I, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm not up on my, you know, what the going rates are for mm-hmm. expensive this, Ivy League colleges. Yeah. But I'm, I'm curious, a, a like, one. which one? Yeah, $65,000 a year. I, I'm just, I, I, I do like how I they paid, throw that out know, there without the name of the school. Like, just, yeah. Well, yeah, just well what school? Yeah, I don't know if there is. I is, mean, is there a school that costs $65,000 a year? Absolutely there is. I paid What's thirty five. For fucking USM, right? Or was that the whole time? I don't remember. Harvard yeah, is definitely at least a hundred grand at this point. A year? It gets very a year? up there. I don't. Probably. Dude, with room and board, absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. I'll, I'll look into Please. it. I don't know about that. Yeah. But it's it's oh, a I have it. I got big you. number. Hmm. It's a lot of money. Oh, yeah, so I is, just was I was just curious is, if she if she had been you know so if she was a Rhodes. Scholarship into graduate school yeah. or what? What the story? She's not was. even going to classes. I can't. College is a sham <laughs> anyway. Let's not get onto that subject. Throw my diploma in the trash. Hang it up with my plaque I have down in the dungeon of doom. Yeah, that's about all wow. it's good for. Got you. Uh, can you guys just stop podcast. fucking arguing so we can have a podcast? Pass me the, pot- the potatoes, Kevin. <laughs> They just love to learn and another child grows up to be somebody you just love to burn. Mom loves the both of them. You see it's in the blood. Both kids are good mom. Blood's thicker than the mud. It's a family affair. Uh, we watched another holiday wait, wait. themed. Yep, go ahead. Try, try, I'm sorry. Can you just, these are cold. Uh, can oh, you warm them up in the microwave? Here, I'll pass them over to you. Well, we got the yeah. windows open for ventilation. Just here, so, yeah, we're yeah. all, I think we're all getting a little chilly. The mashed potatoes are getting cold. Uh, just Dave, put it for like a minute and a half. Dave, why don't you, uh, while I'm heating up these uh, these potatoes, why don't you tell us about the movie that you chose for us uh, from this uh, family holiday? Okay. Uh, I was in uh, quite a, uh, a state trying to figure out what Thanksgiving movie to watch, so I decided to watch uh, a movie that uh, I just remembered had indigenous Native American people in it. Um, a movie called Bone Tomahawk from 2015, uh, directed by Craig Zahler or Zahler. And I, I, I love the gruesome westerns, and I thought this was like a uh, good throwback to very violent spaghetti westerns. Uh, 
I, it's super star-studded cast, and Kurt Russell is the best cop of all time uh, in this in this movie. He's the best sheriff, cowboy sheriff, um, and this movie is very graphic. You wouldn't expect this movie to be as gory and gruesome as it is, but that one scene in this movie, this is one of those movies that. It just has that one scene that's like, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's funny that we all know what scene you're talking about without you having oh, to yeah. say it. Yeah. I'd like to get into that scene in depth later because um, I was so excited after watching it. I told Connie she couldn't watch the movie because of that scene and a few others. So I just ran in as soon as the scene was over and I described to her in graphic detail probably worse so I was talking about like the butt cheeks jiggle <laughs> when they're cutting the guy in half uh, it's not some dummy you know these dummies are just like mannequins sometimes like we saw in the giallo week the mannequin falling down the cliff but this had like butt cheek jiggle and mm-hmm. whoever had that attention to detail to make it realistic like that when he was tomahawking and I really like their weapons they were like made of like jaws of animals that they had slayed and they would just like gouge these bones or these jaw mandibles in people's mouths and they were so brutal they were troglodytes which uh i looked up means like cavemen Mm. so they weren't really uh i don't i want to see what you guys thought but i didn't really think they were depicted as native americans uh per se because of uh, the guy in the beginning was saying, the guy from another tribe was saying that they're just like inbred cavemen, almost like uh, the cannibals that we watched, um, the woman, and what's the... Uh, offspring. Offspring, yeah. So they're they, they kind of like that, maybe? I mean, I don't know. Uh, what did you guys think of this movie, and what did you think of the troglodytes? I was just happy to to hear the word troglodyte like five times in the movie. I thought that the Wu-Tang Clan invented that, actually, but troglodyte is, it is actually a thing, and that's what these these critters are. So this is essentially, a, this is a horror western. Um, it's, you know, almost spaghetti western style, not that far from some of the stuff that Italian filmmakers were making uh, when the uh, Jello stuff was going on. This is about a small western town and Jeff Bridges or Kurt Russell. I thought it was Jeff Bridges for like half the movie. Actually. Jeff and I was like, wait a minute. He really inhabits the role. You know, Jeff Bridges really gets into the role. But no, it's Kurt Russell. He's like the mm. B grade Jeff Bridges who does a great job in this. Uh, uh, he, I don't know. Kurt Russell's up there, man. He's the I sheriff. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Russell's great. No, I, nothing gets. Was the nose real? Was that a prosthetic? Does anybody know? His nose like had like a no. That's straight it, up Kurt Russell nose. I thought. Yeah, I mean, what was wrong I with think his you nose? talked about his nose when we talked about when we watched the thing too. Uh, well, I guess it's still like the older you get, the more those things sort of accentuate. So the Kurt Russell nose is really in full effect in this. Um, the town he flares it a lot. Yeah, I guess the drifter comes into town who is uh, David Arquette, who's great in this, Mm. and um, sort of sets off a chain of events where some troglodytes attack the town and um, they kidnap uh, the 
doctor of the town who is uh, married to Patrick uh, Pat Wilson's character who, mm. I don't know, he's just like every white guy in every movie. Like, I, I know he was in Little Children and he's in Lakeview Terrace. He's in The Conjuring. But I also feel like he was in Pet Cemetery and uh, Arrested Development. He's in the like, it's kind of hard. Yeah, Pat Wilson is very like he's in all. I think he was in The Hangover. I don't know. He's one of those guys. No. <laughs> so they go. <laughs> they go on this whole journey to uh, to find the troglodytes to try to get I see his what wife. You did there. Try to get his wife back, and um, I I enjoyed it. It's um it takes its time. It's there's a lot. The dialogue is a big part of this. There's a lot of like back and forth a lot of like subtle dialogue and a lot of old-timey language going on um it, the gore is absolutely brutal as brutal as anything you're going to see and there isn't necessarily a lot of it i didn't think but what is there is whoo boy um you really you really see some stuff i'm curious and cat you made it through the whole movie oh absolutely i did i don't I don't leprechaun for this shit. I watched oh, the whole thing. Oh, oh. Whether I'm coherent oh. or not, I might be able to, I might be pretty drunk and or high by the end, but I make it through. But my notes might not be great, but I, I watch it till the end. Remember what I said about notes, though? <laughs> okay, but... <laughs> See, that's an example right there. Trent, a- don't anyway. start. So, we are a family. It's not my turn. Is it Kevin's turn? It's Kevin's nope, it's turn. your turn. Your I was going to write in, right into you. No, Trent. Trent has literally forgotten how we used to sit around the table. All of a sudden, like, no, it goes just... Dave and then me and then Cat. Right? That's how we no. sit around. The table. No, no. It was no. little no. Kev in between me and you. I was in the oh corner. Oh my god! You're right. You're right. You're right. Sitting you're bed. coming in here, to your left. hands blazing, smacking us left and right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Uncle Trent, cut it out. All right. Uh, Why do Kevin, you sit did you... at the kids' table with us? But let's, no, wait, now let's... that cat now cat has a head of steam, and I don't want it to start, so I will graciously give up my turn. I... Then we're going to be all confused. I'm steaming it either way. So, hey, uh, Kevin, did you make it through this whole movie? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So earlier, earlier in the show, we I think you and I talked about the fact that when Dave finds a movie that he feels really passionately about, he will assault you with text messages until you watch it. That's come up at least once, if not several times. This was one of those movies where I couldn't go a day without a Dave text saying, did you watch Bone Tomahawk? (laughs) So I finally watched it. And at the time, I I didn't really, I think it's too long. I'll I'll say that right up front. I I think it's way too long. But that final act shut your aperture. What's that? You shut your aperture. <laughs> I hear one more th- word about horses. I'm going to slap you red. So <laughs> it, uh, it, it's, it stayed with me for the final act for sure, which everyone's already hinted at is just insane in terms of gore. But watching it a second time when Dave picked it for the show, I really, really, really like this. I still think it's a little bit too long but I agree with Zoller's pace. And what blows my mind is this is Craig Zoller's directorial debut. It's the first movie that he's ever done. However, if you look the guy up, he's a really interesting character in the world of horror and Westerns. He's written something like 
60 screenplays, like 40 novels. And if you look at how many times this guy has been optioned only to have his, his films or his screenplays or his novels not fully adapted, it's mind-blowing. I also like this guy a lot because he doesn't give a fuck. Like, he came out and said he thinks The Revenant is the worst movie he's ever seen. Obviously, that was a very widely, you know, highly regarded film. Um, I, I dig this guy. And, and when he was optioning the script for Bone Tomahawk, he literally said, you cannot shorten it, and you have to give me complete creative control. So I respect that. He intended for this movie to be too long. He intended everything that you saw. And damn, I don't know how I forgot about this cast, but, you know, Kurt Russell as Sheriff Hunt, Patrick Wilson as Arthur, whose wife was just taken by the troglodytes. Matthew Fox is awesome in this movie. He brings he a crazy. levity. He brings this really, like, comedic element as Bruder. Richard Jenkins, who I just said I loved from Cabin in the Woods, is so good as the deputy in this, Chicory. I think that Zoller absolutely pushed these guys to be very subtly funny. And David Arquette is in it briefly. And, you know, this is our second Western on the show, and both of them have starred David Arquette. So, you know, he's got that. We'll have to put that award Cowboy. on the wall for him. And then you, you even get, like, two minutes of Sid Haig, who is no longer with us but is a horror legend. I forgot about how good this cast was. And... I'm I'm sorry. I I didn't think that I was gonna like this movie more the second time, but I actually it fell into total cult classic status for me. I'm gonna have this on my list of things to revisit. You know, every once in a while, probably around Thanksgiving time. I think it's super well done. Even though it's long, I still like the pace that Zoller had. So. What, by that I mean, I don't think he should have taken any sequences out, but he could have shortened some. That's the probably my only criticism of this movie. But if you want to watch just awesome acting, awesome dialogue, with a excuse massive, me there, feller. massive gore payoff. What? Young man. <laughs> excuse me there, feller. Why don't you let the lady here speak on it? She's been sitting there patient. I'm sorry, darling. She wants to talk about the goddamn movie as much as you do. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Well, hell. Little old me over here, just trying to talk about this. Go ahead, darling. You tell movie. them boys what you thought of that movie. <laughs> Dave, I've never been more attracted to you. I don't understand. I don't get it. Anyway, um, Kevin, were you done? <laughs> Judy? Judy, you good? Go on. Go on, boy. <laughs> Go on, get, get. This movie was brutal, obviously. We all knew it was going to be like that. Um, it was obviously a lot of well-executed gore. I don't even want to know what the budget was for this movie. I'm sure it was in the millions upon millions of dollars, but it absolutely shows. Um, I usually go into a movie expecting the worst gore-wise at this point. I usually assume I'm just going to be bombarded with blood and, and, and butts and stuff. But there was, I was just, there was a lot of jump screeching on my part where I'd just be yelling at the TV. And then Jimmy's like, Wes is sleeping. It's 11 p.m. And I'm like, I can't, what do you want me to do? I have to yell at the screen. That finger just flew right off, you know, kind of situation. Mm, uh, that was a good one. Um, mm, that one got me. It was like, a, oh, like right at the fucking thing. Um there's throat cutting right off the bat. Like, in the first, like, 
like minute of the film. It's the opening um, scene. It's how the yeah. film opens. Yeah. It's just like, an, and I'm like, Ooh. how many veins are in the neck? 16. How many did he say? 16. Oh, yeah, 16. My lucky number. So. Um, yeah, I'm always bringing. I'm always bringing the dramas to the table, and I was. I felt like uh, this one actually, with the Sig Haig, mm-hmm. uh, Haig uh, be neck slit right off the bat, mm. and then the outro. I was like, this is firmly some horror going on. Oh, absolutely. Um, obviously, the cave scenes at towards the end, towards the second half of the movie are a lot. Uh, to handle as a human being trying to watch a film and get away from the rest of your life. Um, I loved the character of Mrs. O'Dwyer. Um, I thought she was super badass, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, she's a doctor. That's some nice side boob. But then, of course, I knew as soon as she got kidnapped that I wasn't going to see her for the next, apparently, two hours, and then I'd see her for a little bit longer. So that was kind of a bummer for me, because I feel like, that would have been a character I would be interested in watching for a little bit longer. At the um, end, when when she was just like the voice of the obvious, when she yes. was like, you did this, like, this wouldn't have happened. This is a terrible idea to bring three old men up, you know, like, uh, and usually you don't get that in these Westerns. Things just happen unexplained and they, they leave it open-ended. But this one, she just calls him on their mansplaining the whole plan. <laughs> I God, like how so he goes good. to kiss her. He goes to kiss her, and he's been like, you know, like the troglodytes have these like bone things that they've put in their throats to to scream and communicate with each other. And he goes very to kiss Jurassic her. She, Park. Yeah, she's like, uh, you've had that thing in your mouth a bunch. Did you like the movie, Cat? I did like the movie. I thought, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna watch it all the time. I watched it once, and I feel like that's plenty. Um, it was definitely badass, you know? I go through a Westerns phase. And I love a Western. I'm very down for a Western. Uh, I think the only problem I had with it is that they never really, like, condemned racism towards the Native Americans. Like, I know the troglodytes are, like, their own kind of, like, brand of weird, you know, creatures. But, you know, the whole time they're talking about how, you know, so-and-so murdered, you know, however many Indians, you know? And and there's, and usually I feel like I'm the one to bring up, like, something problematic in a film. But then you guys are like, no, it's not problematic because they, like, condemned it in this way. And, like, they're saying that's wrong. But in this movie, I feel like they never really did that. They kind of were just like, nice. You killed some Indians. Cool. Like, there was never really, like, the white man is evil kind of situation, which I think I'm personally looking for. Um, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Russell actually did have uh, a couple comments where I think they were trying Trainer to sort of soften. Yeah, exactly. Like, soften the stance of, of white men in 1890. Well, and that's the thing. It's, like, obviously, like, any Western is going to have that element to it. But, like... I don't know obviously not a horror movie you know dances with wolves you the white man is evil the entire time you know what i mean so it's like you know trying to think of a way for them to condemn it in some way would have been nice but it kind of just felt like the whole time they're just like them indians are evil you know so that was the only thing i wasn't a huge fan of obviously but they're troglodytes ma'am 
You don't see um, uh, dying pregnant ladies that often. I mean, that seems. Oh my god! Oh my god. Uh, yeah. I don't think <laughs> they were dying, hardcore. man. I think they were like. They were living. They had yeah, spike. they were living, they were and, and I think they were like. Uh, I, I can't think of a better word. This is gonna sound so bad, but reusable. Why yeah, didn't they, they, they kill like them they on their just... way out? Didn't they have spikes through their eyes? They were in the process yes. of dying, weren't they? Who put spikes all, in their eyes? All the things no. that they like kill people with were like really blunt and just hard, and they would just cram. Like they had these, they looked like stones almost in their eyes. They're like these big, like uh, mortar and pestle kind of things. That was well, who, probably who the did worst that? part. Who, who put the spikes in the eyes, that. Kevin? Are you saying that that? That was just like part of the ritual of childbirth or something. Like, what what was going on with that? Seemed like they just used it. It was like a factory. The vibe that I got is that they took whatever surviving woman of their clan, made them immobile and blind, and continued to oh, procreate see. with them. Okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's they, what I. Well, okay, they were up. they were like sex obvious. slaves. Maybe I'm fucked mm. up because that's where my brain went with like the three no. seconds they were on screen. No, but... I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, oh, they fell down on a couple rocks and they went in their <laughs> eyes and then their arms. Yeah, I just kind of chalked it up to like that was part of the fight in you know like when when uh, Patrick Wilson's character fought his way in. I, I just kind of oh, thought that he, he did battle with them and he stabbed them in the eye or something with a thing. No. no I, I think, think that was how they, they did, made them. That was how they yeah. did business. Because when she talked about, you know, she was describing, you know, how, when they asked how how many men were there and like blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, there's 12 men and then two crippled, wi- like blind, crippled women oh, who are okay. pregnant. Oh, right. That's yeah. right. She does. Yeah. Samantha yeah. does give them a heads up. Mm-hmm. Well, I, d- I denounced that. I want to be clear. I am against that. Hey, I, I thought, you know, I think you were a little harsh to Patrick Wilson at the beginning of the discussion on Bone He's Tomahawk. the white guy in every movie. You're like, hey, wasn't that guy? What was that guy in? Uh, so I watched the movie, and for a while I was like, man, uh, this guy is, like, acting pretty good because in the movie he has a broken leg. And they're starting off on horseback to go find the troglodytes and and you know, save Samantha as, as well as another member of the sheriff's team. And then their horses get stolen in a really great Matthew Fox scene. And then he's kind of crutching along. And I was like, man, he's doing a great job acting like he's in pain. And then I was like, man, I'm really tired of seeing Patrick Wilson act like he's in pain. It's the same thing like 50 times. And then what hit me is that it wasn't Patrick Wilson's acting. It was whoever was in charge of sound design did such a great job of making it sound so fucking gross every time he messed up his leg again. It was just visceral. And as somebody who has had some pretty serious knee injuries, every single time they did that, I was like, oh, I feel it. Like, I feel it. The hair on my arms is standing up, and I'm in pain. I hear about horses one more time. I'm going to slap you red. That was a good one, Slappy Red. I liked, I liked that one. There's a lot of those. I love Kurt Russell. I'm glad you guys explained the um, bone whistle thing to me because I didn't. That was I didn't really get that. The it, the troglodytes, they themselves would would put a bone from some other animal into their throats to make it like a whistle, like they would. No, I think they were born that way, right? No, were I, they I, not, I thought they they put it in. 
Yeah. Yeah. I thought that they were like just like weird inbred people who had this weird, you know, thing that they bred into each other. Right. Yeah. I didn't. Throats. I didn't I, realize they put it in there. I thought it was just like a random bone, and that seemed even weirder. Like he just, I just pulled He's this guy. Just guy's, like taking it out. Uh, some bone. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah. He's whistling. Speaking with it. of yeah, no. putting it in there, I, I like the flask, the flask part. Uh, oh. Speaking of putting it in there. Oh, forgot about yeah. that. That was pretty. Uh, that was almost like Videodrome with the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Except oh, yeah, instead of call. a VHS tape, it's the flask. I don't think we can get enough of Matthew Fox as Brooder, and everyone knows Matthew Fox from Lost, and well, I know him from Party of Five, which I hold dear to my heart. But he plays such a good character, and he has called this his favorite film he's ever made. But wow. some of the shit that he does when he's, he's like, great. he just wakes up in the middle of the night and starts shooting. Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> he's, he's my favorite character, definitely. When he just hauls off, they have, you know, some people kind of come up on one of their camps one night. And Kurt Russell's character, Sheriff Hunt, is talking to them. And, you know, light some matches. We need to see you. Toss me your weapons. And Bruder literally just shoots them. No questions asked. <laughs> I love and that. And the conversation scene. Yeah. they have after that is it's amazing. There's there's some very, very high quality script writing dialogue in this movie. But also I think Fox's his demeanor, his facial expressions, uh, the way that he carries himself, even the way he goes out is is really is really great. He's he's my favorite character in this movie. Well, second favorite. You yeah. can't you can't go above Kurt Russell. He's so fucking good in this and cat. To answer you, you said the budget was probably millions and millions just based on how good it looks and, and this cast. This movie was made for $1.8 million. That was it? That was it. How? Also, Bruder's comment. Bruder's comment when he's going through everybody as to why he's, like, the, the smartest guy or whatever. And he kind of goes through, like, each of them. It says, well, smart men don't get married. Mm. Kevin. It's Indeed. Like, Damn, dude. <laughs> You're the only one, Kevin, so. Keep talking. I'm just resting my eyes. <laughs> I don't have any room for pie. Don't even don't even try it. I'm not eating any pie. Not tonight. What's the score? Uh, I couldn't imagine it. Mm. No. Save it for the dogs. <laughs> for Calvin. Queen Victoria. And Diablo. It's Queen Elizabeth. How about Kurt Russell's last line in the movie? I'm just kidding. I think his last line, when he looks at Chicory and says, tell my wife goodbye. I'll say hello to yours. Hmm. Powerful. I was kind of surprised a, how, how uh, they had no qualms with leaving him there. Like They didn't even try to have an argument. Even if you, if you do want to leave him there and you know that it's hopeless, you could at least try to be like, ah, come on, man, you, you, know, you, you can make it. They just are like, yeah, all right, see ya. Yeah, but they do that even worse earlier in the movie with Patrick Wilson when, like, his leg gets more fucked up and they're just like, all right, bro. He has a chance. See you later. So the last shot of the movie was Richard Jenkins dropping a rock because he heard the gunshots and he was leaving a rock path the way they went. Oh, that's what the... Okay. That's why he drops the rock at the end. Okay. Oh, good call, I thought he had the rock as like a weapon wow. or something because he didn't, you know, there was nothing else. Wow, really good call. That's awesome. I didn't get that. I was wondering like what that was supposed to mean because you know the shots are him. And then, wow, that kind of changes my whole 
uh, perspective on on the end of the movie. Huh. Yeah, I, I want to bone Tomahawk too with Kurt Russell. Yeah, back. I got I got bone three Tomahawk and a half right hours here. long. You know, the characters in this take a lot of punishment. I like movies uh, where they just keep living. You're like, oh, he's for sure done. He can't take one more stab. He can't take one more gunshot. And they just keep going a little bit more. And you don't know how how much blood they've lost. They're going to die sometime here at any moment. Yeah, I was thinking, like, there's a lot of big masculinity in this to, like, ignore your wounds. You know, like, when Bruder finally gets, like, hurt, and he's just like, you know, tie this off and hand me that repeater and load me up with dynamite. Don't come back till you hear it. It's like, whoa, dude, you're super fucked up right now. Around every corner. So it's like, tie this off. Tie this <laughs> off. Tie <laughs> me up. She kind of lose track. I know. Like, uh, I don't know. Tie it off. It's, it's another <laughs> limb being tied off. You know, it's just business as usual in this movie. A 1890 medical buzz phrase. Tie, tie it off. <laughs> tie it off. <laughs> I don't think this is on any of the um, subscription platforms right now. You can rent, yeah. you can rent this on all Prime. Prime. Yeah, I watched it on Prime. Oh, it was just on Prime. Oh, Prime. well, all right. Well, you can rent it too. That's what I did. Oh. You don't have to. Are any of you guys somnambulists? I don't know what that means, but it's some sort of weird internet club. I don't want any part of it. No, it's a great scene where Matthew Fox is, like, putting the alarm you know, like the strings and cans around their campsite. I thought you said like, like Zomnobulus. You Zomnobulus, and then Chickory oh, okay. immediately goes, "That's private," and he's like, "It means sleepwalkers." <laughs> uh, guys, I got it some breaking like news. Uh, hey, I'm sorry to interrupt the holiday, but um, okay. current admission uh, per year to Harvard University fifty-two thousand dollars a year. So again, oh, I have you beat. I'm, I'm still wondering where Cody went. Oh, I have it. No, no, hold on. I have it. Ready? This is as of September 2020. You ready? Right. University of Chicago, which I visited last year, and it is unfucking believable. This campus, eighty-one thousand dollars a year. No, oh, Columbia okay. University, University of Chicago. It's also one of the biggest medical schools in the country. So Columbia University in New York City, eighty thousand per year. I have Harvey sixty. Mudd I have to pack your lunch. I, I have sixty. I've never heard of I have Harvey Columbia Mudd at sixty. Well, I'm just I'm reading you an article from September, from two months ago. Uh, Kevin, don't fight with your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for for the year of uh, 2019, 2020, Columbia University, sixty-one thousand seven hundred and eighty-eight dollars. But, That's probably uh, you're probably looking at an in in state student rate. Maybe so. I'm looking at the list of the most expensive colleges if you aren't here. If you don't live so. here. Harvey Mudd College. Who's ever heard of Harvey Mudd College? From the eleven. Eighty thousand dollars. Well, this podcast has really gone down the shitter. We're going, we're going through a list. Let the, uh, the dog do the shit. Let him out. Uh, your mother. 